All right, another special episode today. Um, we're joined. Uh, this is a like a cr- podcast crossover, somewhat. Um, one of my favorite podcasts, and uh, the host of one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Steely Dan fan, you could say. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, he's a uh, haver of correct opinions, some could say, and yeah. uh, host of the Fed Post. What's up, man? Coh. Yo, yo, what's up, you guys? Yo, man, yeah, no, thanks for thank coming you. on. Yeah, yeah big, thanks for coming on. Fan. We're gonna yeah. try to feed people. We feed. Is this them. the first Fed Post crossover, like legit? That we're yeah, yeah. Of, I mean, we've had a yeah. guest from them, but we haven't. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. So we've crossed over in guests before, yeah. but this is the first real time. big, real yeah. stuck on this one. I've been listening to you guys' podcasts actually. I like the most recent one y'all did with Elliot uh, on Elliot Page. That was great. Ah, oh yeah yes yeah yes. Page. Uh, yeah. i forgot who that was for a second but <laughs> yeah, the uh no, yeah we don't use dead say, names yeah we do yeah, yeah. we sure we're don't. like elliot who oh yeah, yeah. oh <laughs> we like sure don't segment. Yeah. but uh yeah just before yeah, we get into it man like talk about the fed post because man fed post is going crazy right now i yeah. i listen i've been listening because i followed crk for like a long time from my old account where i used my yeah. real name and stuff like that and i i followed him for a long time so i was kind of like kind of saw his little his glow up you know what i mean and and then i i started getting into fed post and like what's that been like man you guys are everywhere now yeah so uh, i actually so the first time i ever guested on any podcast at all was actually the fed post so i wasn't an original uh host or member at all of the fed post uh it started back in march i think it was uh crk it was turbo fucker and slav mm-hmm. um and then i came on and hosted uh, probably sometime in May, right after like the George Floyd incident and all the protests and stuff happened that weekend. And we actually did an episode about like COVID lockdowns and protests and BLM. Um, and it, we just kind of hit it off and went from there. Uh, and it turns out Turbo had a different uh, engagement. So he ended up leaving. So I took over that spot there. So it all worked out well. And since then, it's just been fucking, uh, it's been great, man. I've been always kind of having these like weird schizo thoughts of like, you know, what's going on with everybody? Like, why is everyone kind of stupid? Like, you know, like we should maybe like form a working class politics. We maybe should talk about this thing. Why does no one talk about this shit? Um, And so I like stumbled onto political Twitter using my like regular account shit. I was actually on Twitter because of fish Twitter, a big fish fan as well. Uh, So just kind of like jam bands and stuff. And so went from there and just kind of stumbled into politics. And uh, that's kind of how I ended up meeting CRK um, and went from there. Damn. It is kind of wild how not like we're all coming to the same conclusions or anything, but how we're all kind of vibing on the same tip and just kind of think, you know, thinking the same thoughts and, and just being like looking around the same room and going, what's going on. And I know, you know, at the Fed post and, and CRK and you guys, it's just, I, when I found you guys, I'm, I've, you know, I'm new to Twitter. Glenn's been on a lot longer than I have. And, uh, you know, you kind of fall into those same little traps of like those ideological thing, you know, you're looking around, you're like, wait, this isn't really who I am. Right. And then I, once I start fucking with you guys, I'm like, Oh, this is actually kind of fun and hilarious. And you guys are like just some of the best out there. I think it's, it's so great, man. Yeah. Definitely changed, uh, my thoughts on a lot of things in a good way. Yeah. I appreciate that. That's, I mean, that's what we're trying to do. I'm not sure how effective we are at it, uh, you know, we're not credentialed, you know, we're not any type of academics yeah. or anything. We just got that's good. Ideas. I think yeah. what I think it's one of those things where a lot of you might catch a lot of flack from the more vocal people, but 90% of the people are silent and agreeing with you. It's one of those phenomenons. That's what I would think, at least, you know, where it's a lot of, you know, where obviously like someone like CRK gets a lot of flack for the shit he sure. posts, but everyone, you know, that his 
everyone he's got this crazy shadow following or whatever and everyone's just like yeah this dude's on the ball with 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 all his takes and everything so i think that's yeah totally a lot like, of what's going on with you guys so, yeah i was i mean i first got into like kind of looking at leftist twitter and i was like these people are fucking like weirdos like they <laughs> they're not in touch with like reality they're no. completely unhinged like what the fuck's going on and then i stumbled upon crk's account and i was like yo this shit's a little bit like all right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um i was uh-huh. like that's what i'm thinking like all the time i was like yeah, yeah. but this guy's saying he's not a leftist what the fuck you know like what um and so Sacrilege, that kind of is like yeah. a great way to kind of get out of that trap of like left twitter and kind of like find more like-minded folks like in online and not just in real life because like i don't know i talk with my like friends that are just like underclass working class people and you know they get this shit you know like you talk with people and you're like hey like, isn't it crazy how, like, we're forced to stay inside, um, and yet they're not giving us any bailouts or any stimulus to us, uh, mm-hmm. and how, like, Nancy Pelosi turned down a stimulus from the White House right before the Bro. election, because uh, she said it's not enough, and then now she's supporting this new one that's, like, half the size right after yeah. the election, isn't that weird? And people are like, yeah, what the fuck? And, like, if yeah. you dig into this stuff, people, you know, people are on the same page as us for the most part, so it was, like, I was looking yeah. for a voice to kind of represent that uh, in that sphere and cause there just wasn't one. No facts. I, 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 I think that sums it up pretty well. Like it's uh, yeah. it's weird. It's, you got to break that chain, that echo chamber. And I think a lot of people, when they listen to you guys, like, I think they secretly, some of them secretly agree and especially, and, oh, yeah. and, and some of them secretly agree, but there's one, they're scared to leave whatever following they've built especially some of those larger accounts that go at you guys i'm fascinated by that totally i'm fascinated by that especially and just, oh like the where like yeah someone with like 80k followers yeah, would be like what, look at this bro and just, yeah, yeah and, and i like, won't name like, names they don't need any they yeah, don't need yeah, any more dude. shout outs but like yeah. the um the, the way i the way i somewhat wanted to reach out to you on this the way i saw it was one you had posted a few things you were like hey we're doing kind of like you know, food drives kind of thing, something like that. I was like, that's pretty cool. But then I also saw another kind of guy who thrives off attention and shitting on quote unquote post left, whatever the hell that is. And, and (laughs) he, uh, he had basically, you had said something and he had said, you had said, I have to do some sensitivity training, racial sensitivity type thing, diversity (laughs) training at work or something. And then this dude's like, Oh, poor you pmc worker guy has to do this and this and then you're like i'm a fucking farmer dude like you know and and i'm like all right no this guy gets it and it was it was a a whole bunch of shit ensued from that but i just you're here basically because i i think right now this is something that's really fucked up right now among other things is like we're trying to change a lot of shit right now but i think it's going to get to the point where like people are going to starve to death you know what I mean? Like it, it's, we have to like make sure people have a heartbeat still, you know? And, and, totally. um, there's Wait, a bro, lot of Nancy Pelosi feeds them. She said, we feed them. We feed them. Exactly. And, and she Check doesn't, herself, that's the dude. thing. Check like yourself. she doesn't. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so <laughs> when, in, I guess to start this off, like how, how bad do you think it's going to get, you know what I mean? As far as like, so what I've been wondering shortages, too, yeah. the food, shortages um and it's not a food shortage because i know we could produce food at the drop of a dime but as far as people being able to buy food and consume it like how bad do you think it's gonna get yeah uh that's kind of a loaded question so uh it also depends on kind of what scale of time you're talking about if you're looking at a macro scale you know we're taking a long-term approach you gotta look into factors like peak oil you gotta look into factors um like the rising cost of oil uh 
and just transportation that's going to occur down the line, not to mention like just environmental decay that's going to cause people to uh, be suffering droughts where they can't grow food, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. um, if you're looking at just oil and transportation, you can see almost a small model of this in Cuba. Um, so Cuba in the 90s, when uh, the Soviet Union pulled out their support, financial support and their oil trades, uh, they lost three quarters of their oil import. And so they were forced to kind of undergo their own kind of change there. That was kind of like a self-imposed uh, peak oil where they had to radically change the way they were growing food and producing food. And it didn't really go very well at first, right? Like it, it came from a place of necessity. A lot of people were starving uh, and it was dire and it was really bad. And here in America, we're maybe one of the most food insecure nations uh, just in the world. And that, that might come as a shock because like, yeah, we all, you know, there's McDonald's everywhere. There's people that are, have diabetes. Like it's a big problem. Overweight is a huge issue. So you'd think that, oh, food would never be an issue here, but we don't produce much food here and we don't produce much food locally at all. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you get into cities and you start looking yeah. at places like, you know, highly populated urban centers. Um, so I mean, if there is an issue with transportation, uh, if we're somehow cut off from uh, the outside world and our global trading partners, if we're cut out um, just as far as like if oil becomes an issue, it could get really, really bad really quick then. I think right now with like COVID and austerity, um, things are already getting bad. I mean, the homeless population has grown exponentially since the COVID crisis, um, since all these evictions are going to be kicking in after the start of the year if they don't do anything about it you're going to see more homeless people more food insecure people uh, than you maybe have ever seen um, and so i think that it's getting bad quick um i don't really know i, I don't have a way to quantify how bad it's no, going to get, no, uh, but it's yeah. going to get bad for sure and i think it's just going to get bad all the way around like it's just austerity as neoliberalism strengthens its grasp like things are just going to get bleak all the way around so i think it's important to uh, start reimagining the way that we live and also the way that we produce, uh, especially producing yeah. food. And the irony is the more we're exporting our neoliberal ways to the entire global South and third world, Africa and India, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, you know, uh, it's when it's uh, starting to crumble and fail in the places that it's supposedly helped the most, you know, and, uh, I, I don't, we might have more in common than you realize. I kind of come from the leftist thing, quote unquote, uh, from a food background and, and, cool. uh, and, you know, and yeah, or, you know, organics and uh, to a lesser extent, permaculture. I know you're into that and cool. just that whole world, you know, and um, yeah, it really shook me. Uh, and, you know, just uh, battling, you know, the big ag and Monsanto and all that kind of stuff. And it really struck me once I got into more of the mainstream left when like Bernie Sanders was popping off, like, you know, back to back campaigns and everything, how, how little grasp the, 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 the actual left had on these issues and how oh, yeah. they just had, they really have complete faith in these, like, yeah, they, they pay lip service to the oil thing and how, you know, green new deal and all this stuff. And they might eat like smoothie bowls, you know, for, for show or whatever. Right. But, uh, it's uh they really have complete faith in these supply chains these corporations when it comes to medicine mm -hmm. when it comes to you know all this stuff it, it really they just want like a 
a socialist overlay on like we want to change the label what we call it subsidized mcdonald's yeah yeah exactly yeah no ethical consumption under capitalism as i like stuff myself with the mcrib basically you know it's literally (laughs) they don't want anything to change they don't want totally and there's also we've talked about this in the pod before and how there's and you know i get the point that you know there's you know we do blame the individual for things that the government should be doing but also to an extent you know we do need to change our individual behaviors and actions you know on an on an atomic scale and you know in terms of individual actions and choices that 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 doesn't absolve us of you know our choices that we make i don't know if you'd want to riff on that or if you guys yeah um i'd say like they're they're definitely gonna have to be like cultural changes there'd have to be personal changes as well um at starting at the personal level and as the household level um you know most efficient societies throughout time have been able to uh, be subsidiarity to where they have sustainable self-sufficient homes so households and families meet most most of their needs uh just right there in the home they're able to grow food, you know, and stuff, medicines and stuff around locally. Um, they're able to get the community that they need and the entertainment that they had into home. Um, and now all that's being commodified, obviously, um, through capitalism. It's being forced into the market. Um, so, I mean, obviously, there's going to have to be huge changes. Um, I don't, I think the issue with like liberalism and neoliberalism specifically, and like this like green wave and green revolution that people and liberals like love to like, you know, pout about, um, is that, like you're saying, it posits the level of responsibility and the burden at the individual, right? Um, but it's also going to posit the burden of change at the individual at the ne- as far as negative consequences go as well. Yeah. Um, and so I think that it needs to be looked at as that is just being one piece of the puzzle. There needs to be uh, overall systemic economic change. There needs to be a material change to the way that our society functions um, before any type of individual change um, can really start to make a hold. I think a lot of the issue, like even with permaculture, like I've been getting really into permaculture and I'm finding a lot of like the cultural aspect of it um, because it's like building a permanent culture, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you lean into the cultural aspects and not the agriculture, it starts to be a lot more kind of just like bourgeois ideology where it just kind of talks about like, you know, like we need to change uh, the way we live and the culture and like, you know, and envision a new economy. And it's like, no, 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 no. We need to change the economy. We need to change the way that it functions, the way that profit is incentivized and the way that profit's invested. It needs to be invested in the communities so that we can have the support and the ability and wherewithal to make these personal lifestyle changes that are going to need to be vast. Um, Cause not, not everyone can just grow food in their backyard yeah. right now. Not everyone has time to do that. Or space. Um, or yeah. space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And not everyone's just even, even, even in the most Id- idyllic of societies, not everyone's going to want to grow food. Just exactly. have the will to do it. And yeah, I think there's this, there is this hobbyist element to the permaculture kind of vibe that is that I've always noticed. And some people are hardcore with it, and they they really are about it, you know, and everything. And but yeah, there's a kind of a there's a there's <laughs> there's some gaps there for sure. I think, and uh, yeah, like culturally that you're you're speaking of, I've noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, I find a lot of people try to focus on change at the level of cultural before change of the material. Right. Um, and that kind of goes against the whole premise of like permaculture, which is that permaculture is almost like mimicking, biomimicking in a way. Um, it's kind of taking and observing ecosystems, natural ecosystems and communities and the way that they function um, and 
looking at it on a way, um, putting it and transposing it over human connection and human societies and how communities of people function and how those systems function, right? And so it's almost like that's kind of a premise of Marxism when he, when Marx took evolutionary theory uh, and placed it into history um, and said, you know, society also evolves and goes through changes over time. Um, I think that a lot of this, like these people that are into permaculture, uh, they, they don't even think of it on that scale um, and that macro level. And it, they kind of, it, it takes it out of everything needs to be a fractal of each other. You need to be at the very bottom level in the soil, even there's 7 billion microorganisms, maybe in just one spoonful of soil. That's as many people as there are in the planet. They all interact. They all are competing constantly and collaborating and, we are doing the same thing as well as the plants that are growing and we eat and the food. And so you need to be able to look at it within, uh, within that framework. Yeah, yeah. no. And, and, and you got it like, cause it kind of for this to actually work, right. For us to actually, you know, help feed each other because the way I, the way I look at it is, is I, I agree with you that there needs to be a, a, a material like economic change that needs to happen. I just don't know how that happens, right? Like how do you get food produced differently? You know what I mean? Like that, that isn't in your backyard. That totally. isn't a, a community. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know exactly how to go about that. You know, I, I mean, do you have any ideas on that? It would be a radical change, obviously. Um, it, it definitely wouldn't come easy. Uh, it's not just something that would be able to come at the flip of a hat. Um, and I mean, in order for it to be fully implemented and truly revolutionary in the sense that it would make lasting change, it would need to come from a place of, the working people and just everyday underclass people seizing state power and the yeah. state being organized in as the organ of class war that they can utilize over the bourgeoisie. And then, you know, the rich people, people keeping us down that incentivize profit over well-being, over uh, stewardship, over making sure that we have a home to live in um, and that we have healthy people to live in it. Um, and being able to completely change the way uh, that we think about production um, we need to be able to have worker-owned industries and nationalized industries to where there's not an incentive to make profit right. um, by throwing away food and shit um, so that you can yeah. make sure that you have the proper like demand and supply curve, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck, you know. Yeah. There's so much waste. 40% of food in America goes wasted. It goes to yeah. landfills. So being able to change the way that the economy functions, um, I mean, I... I don't know exactly how that would look, the nuts and bolts of it. Um, I know that it would look like worker-owned industries. It would look like uh, yeah. in like kind of substituting local production for imports. Uh, it would be relying heavily on local communities um, and local currencies and local mutual credit systems and things yeah. of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be such a vast change, but it, it is what needs to happen. Right. Um, I mean, in my yeah. mind, I think we need to have I don't know exactly how it would look. I don't know that I, I obviously shouldn't be the one in charge of it. So like, I don't know what's going on there uh, and everything just kind of works itself out due to its material circumstances. So we don't know how that change would go, yeah. um, but it needs to be done from the bottom up with the people in power. Yeah. Yeah. And what's funny is we, we don't, this is something that's so once I, this really hit home for me, it was just mind blowing on how, the, the food system that we have in place now is the furthest thing from a free market. It, it's the most socialist aspect of our society, mm-hmm. in, in, in the, but it, in the most evil ways, right? Where we, 
we social we literally socialized throwing away 40 percent of our food and commodity grains and factory farms and and it's that's where huge huge percentage of our budget goes and besides the military of course uh is creating junk food that just gets thrown away or, or rots and doesn't get eaten so we just cre- create this huge uh almost like this negative pressure on society uh when there is zero lack really there lack is an artificial construct yep. when it comes to most the most our most basic needs and it's so hilarious where you know and i'm not saying this would be the ultimate fix but it would be shockingly simple for the government to say you know we're going to subsidize actual food just give directly to farmers not to agribusiness conglomerates and you know and and soybean futures and you know and all you know pumping those markets up and everything oh yeah um so it would be shockingly simple we 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 could do it now that what you're talking about the bottom up i think is the the more lasting harder change where we like i was reading this thing on how um and this guy was giving this lecture on you know we always hear how it's fucked up how we get apples from new zealand or chile right and how you know mm-hmm. that's and i don't disagree with that but what's crazy it's even more local than that like it shouldn't even be we get apples from washington when we live in you know utah or whatever yeah. and they're, they're making the point that the the like in Georgia and Southern states, it used to be a huge, huge market for vegetable production. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's gotten all pushed on to California and the, and the, the salad bowl and the, you know, where, where 90% of the strawberries come from California. There's no real, yeah. Strawberries, dank strawberries grow in California, but there's no reason, <laughs> there's no reason why we can't have that. that should going be their off slogan, everywhere. by the way, instead of avocados yeah. from Mexico, just <laughs> dank strawberries. Yeah. Golly, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, we can really, you know, break this thing down on a microstructure and, and just, you know, deep, deep, uh, local kind of vibe with that. Yeah. Realistically, what it would take would be breaking up the big corporations, um, and then incentivizing local production. Um, like you're saying with subsidies, subsidizing local farms and local production, um, and informing local co-ops, um, of people who are farming, like urban agriculture, people who, um, retail markets who they can partner with to sell their crops. Yeah. Um, it would take small interconnected local communities, like you're saying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And real co-ops too. I'm tired of this. I've noticed this so many times whenever I moved to a new town or whatever, and there's, there's always some fucking co-op conspiracy going on. Have you heard <laughs> they, of they've, co- you heard? they've co-opted the co-ops. They've co-opted the co-ops, bro. It's crazy. And they like, literally I'll like, I'll be going into this co-op for, you know, a couple of weeks or months or whatever. And then I'll go in and one day in the, like the signs changed and they're like, Oh yeah, we're like the same, but now it's like these guys run it and it's these, and it's like some fucking, you know, it's like safe. Just some it's guy like, in a collared shirt, just hitting a piece yeah. of paper against his hand <laughs> up in a yeah. fucking ivory tower. Yeah. Yeah. And when I lived in, um, when I was in New York and they literally, they just, it's the same as everything. They have this board of directors uh-huh. and it's just all, it's like all the hippies in town, but they're all like the, like the bougie ass hippies that are like, yep. they're making six figures sitting around, not doing any work. And they're not like, they're, we're the co-op and they're like, you're, you're not doing shit, dude. You're like, Man. You're literally, you're the reason why this, this stuff is like $4 more. that's the story of urban agriculture right there. Jesus know, Christ, dude. man. Yeah. And so it's, it's just, and that is the, like, I'm not super down on the whole like bougie left thing. Cause I do think there is some fundamental truth of, 
you know, in a free market, quote unquote, when you allow people to choose or get like the organic market is growing because people choose it. And I think that's yeah. a fun, you know, that's a market based thing. That's, that's not capitalism. That's not, you know, that's just people making a choice. Yeah. It's available at grocery outlet now. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, exactly. like it wouldn't be yeah. there if people didn't choose it. Yeah. yeah. And that's not saying like, that's because capitalism is good. That's just saying that people are choosing what they want to choose. And so I do think there is like a, you know, like, you know, like, you know, 20 year old college chicks, you know, eating organic is a good thing, you know, and then sure. even though it's like trendy or whatever, people are always down on that. But I'm like, yo, it's, it's a good thing. It's like, we need to change, shift the Overton window. Yeah. It's kind of uh, a double-edged sword. Yes. Um, it's kind of like how sustainability as a whole has been kind of done that way um, to where it's, it's been made into a market um, to where now like sustainable products is a huge market, ethically grown and ethically raised and ethically fucking whatever the hell, like they can just slap that on, you know, and you can get, you know, people have these organic certifications and stuff, but people who grow local food organically can't even get those certifications because they have so much fucking bureaucracy to go through to get those. So at the end of the day, the organic market is just yet another market and they found a way to capitalize on that type of thing. And that's where like, yeah, it's like, like you're saying it, it is, it's also beneficial. Like it's good if people could, you know, start eating locally sourced organically grown food. And it's not because like, Oh, it'll make you feel better. It will make you feel better. And it's probably better food, but also because of the fact that that's just a better and healthier way to grow for the environment. Yeah. I don't know exactly like if buying, you know, organic from Chiquita, uh, is the right decision, right? Like, I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. think that fucking matters. I wouldn't ever buy organic from a corporation because, like, correct, support the purpose almost. Because, like, a lot of the reason why we got away from just common sense fucking farming and polycultures is that we moved to monoculture farming for industrial agriculture for all these corporations that are growing mm-hmm. massive and massive amounts of one single crop. Um, and they're not crop rotating. They're not adding amendments to their soil. They're not taking care of the soil at all. Uh, they're just growing massive amounts of this one thing. They're creating these fucking huge GMO like monster seeds that can withstand Roundup. Uh, and then they sell you the Roundup and then they sell you the fucking seeds that would withstand it. And then the weeds get stronger and then they have to make new seeds and new Roundup and they send you that round. And these corporations are what's driving all this, you know, capitalism and the incentive for, you know, profit and capital accumulation and incentivizing greed over just caring about the well-being of not only yourself and your community, but the planet that you live on. Um, yeah. That's what's driving all this. Right. And there's, it's, mm-hmm. it's impossible to combat it without an anti-capitalist critique as well. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you, and you can better believe too that uh, when it comes to industrial organic, like yeah, Chiquita or what's on Safeway shelves or whatever, they push it to the absolute limit. They use the shittiest organic pesticides that you can oh, get yeah. away with. How can yeah? I was gonna ask you know, just just real fast. How just from somebody like me, you both know a lot yeah. more about this than I do. So there's gonna be people that listen to this that I feel like I've said this every episode. So maybe you're sensing a theme here. But um, how can you slap an organic label on something and have it be different than another organic? I know yeah. you got into it a little bit, but like, I, I don't think a lot of people know that they literally just, they've been trained by advertising mm-hmm. and, and just everything to just well, see I, Safeway just literally puts an O. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's, well, yeah, you know, it's just a fucking o, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So and maybe what, you can, I'll, I'll say what I know. You can speak on this to uh, correct opinion, however, but I, I know, and I do think it is a low key conspiracy where a lot of the, and these just dumb as fuck uh, pro 
pro GMO, pro industrial agriculture arguments that are they're literally a psyop. You know, they're 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 focus grouped into existence. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, where they will critique, they're like, look at or, look at organic agriculture. You guys are using the, these toxic pesticides, and these things are okay to use organic. And that's bad, and it's like, yeah, that's not a problem with you know biological agriculture that's a problem with big industrial organic ag- it's a straw man right it's kind Absolutely. of a yeah and so yeah they, and they do have a point that uh these things are just literally it's a regulation it's just a, a dumb mm-hmm. reg- right. regulation at that point that's what the safeway o is where uh there's you know so much better and i do think you get to a point i think we're all at that point where you know we dramatically trust a uh, some uncertified small kale farmer over like a Safeway O. Oh, totally. Even, even though he doesn't have, you know, you get to that point, I feel. But I don't Anyone know, should. speak on that though, if, if you got. Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly like the nuts and bolts of specifics on how you get organically certified. I know that it requires a lot of capital. Uh, it requires a lot of time. It requires going through the right bureaucratic channels and jumping through all sorts of red tape. Um, and so it's almost only people who are already set up to succeed um, and corporations that have the capital uh, to do so can even get the certification in the first place, right? And those are going to be the people that are orga- that are producing at pretty large rates um, and generally mass producing. And so at that level, it comes down to the certification being making sure that you don't use a set amount of chemicals, like this certain list of chemicals, as long as you're not using those, as long as you're using like these quote unquote organic pesticides, or you're using these amendments that can act as pesticides, or these types of minerals or whatever that you're spraying on it, that's not technically pesticide, or not technically growth hormone or whatever, um, you can kind of get it that way. So it doesn't mean that you're like, growing it sustainably at all. It doesn't mean that you're even biofarming, it just means that you're not using, for the most part, uh, for our practical purposes, if you see organic in a store and it's like Safeway organic, it just means that they're not using traditional pesticides. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, yeah, because I think that's important. I, I think just somebody like me who, you know, gets off of work and is just like, let me try to eat healthy this week, you know, and, and yeah. let me, let me do, oh, cool. Let me grab this organic thing. And I'm, I'm going to pay slightly more for it. So in my head, I think the, almost the capitalist mentality is I paid a little more for this. Therefore, it's, <laughs> and that's it's healthier. The, yep. these farmers switch to make more money like the big organic they're mm-hmm. not you know a lot of them aren't doing it out the goodness of their heart right but i do i do feel that you know nine times out of ten the organic option in spite of the propaganda is better than the it is option. well um, in just general organic farming like it's easier to do just regular bio farming like it's it's so much easier to grow plants when you do polycultures when you think of it as a full ecosystem and you work on building the soil and growing the soil as well as the plants. And you think of it as an interconnected feedback loop. It's a closed feedback loop. So you have to take care of it as an ecosystem. But once you set it up that way, it grows like a fucking forest does. You don't even have to do much at all. It's almost like, like Fukuoka talks about do nothing farming. Like once you get stuff set up in this scenario, if you do like a good permaculture ecological build, you don't even have to do much work at all because that's just what nature is supposed to be doing. So that's, it ends uh, up becoming cheaper, labor costs and everything once it's set up. That's the one straw revolution guy, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that book is incredible. It reads like a fucking Lao Tzu, like Tao Te Ching of farming. It's just like, this guy, that guy was lit. Dude. Totally, was fucking, yeah, totally. A Japanese yeah. dude, just like, yeah, he's like, what's that part? There's the part in the book where he's like, he like looks at the, uh, 
the greenhouses with the plastic coverings and he's like he's like these modern types don't understand that the sun's rays won't fully penetrate and he's just like <laughs> shakes his head he's just like nah nah not, not about that uv plastic yeah. totally yeah yeah and he's yeah he's great man yeah and uh and even yeah like even on the um where's it going with that that even just even if you're trying to mimic like conventional like uh biologically grown but for scale like carrot production or beets or mm-hmm. whatever right even if you're not doing a fully permaculture thing uh there was there there are so many little tricks and tips uh that people have come up with farm oh my God, yeah. farmers where you don't even you, you you can use zero chemicals you know like like growing uh seeds specifically for your region and creating your own seeds so that you mm-hmm. don't need to weed as much right where they where there's more resiliency and they don't have to compete with the the natural flora of your ecosystem right yep. rather than having one central place doing it you know in the midwest and shipping it all over the world right where you're, you're creating like an epigenetic signature on your seed line that's just one example or just using fire literally burning weeds as oh they yeah come up you know just like dumb stuff you're like why why didn't i think of that you know and then they they've already thought of it and they so and that's the other crazy thing is this whole and i'd love for you to talk about this the um the whole luddite uh accusation that's that's uh thrown at us people like us where it's like you know if you're permaculture or organic you're heralding to the past or whatever and this whole thing is the new yeah, thing yeah. the gmos and everything without realizing that it's it's like chemical free organic agriculture has it's on its own technologically advanced trajectory absolutely in, independent of capital independent of you know big agribusiness and everything where it's it's not like it's the same thing we've been doing for the last 500 years yeah we keep the best parts of it but i don't know yeah i was ranting but yeah go on i mean anyone who doesn't yeah. learn from history is like that's what's the point of living at that point and like what's the point of trying to have any type of say in how things should run or how a theory should work or anything if you don't study history you don't see and learn from the things that work and the methods that do and don't work i mean this is kind of like the theory argument and type of stuff like just paying attention to what worked in the past and utilizing that information and recontextualizing it to modern material circumstances um, be it in farming be it in fucking political theory it's still valid like it's it's very interesting like people and i get this pushback a lot especially from people who are like production-minded industrial marxist type people too right they're like oh like we need to develop the uh productive forces well absolutely yeah like that's what capitalism's historic role is is to develop the historic or develop the productive forces right and keep bolstering them but this is in itself a development of productive forces what we're doing is we're saying hey okay, there was all this prior knowledge, either indigenous growing methods, either, um, you know, stuff that we've learned now as far as soil composition and soil science, uh, composting methods, all this different stuff that is natural and has been happening naturally forever. um, It's still somewhat newly being contextualized and newly being discovered by, you know, our like quote unquote modern Western you know, agriculture. So it's still in itself a revolution and it's still a step forward. Um, and it's, I understand like the big argument for GMOs and in industrial agriculture is a growing need to feed people, right? There's, yeah. World know, hunger. Yeah, exactly. There's overpopulation. Uh, there's scarcity, blah, 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 blah. It's funny how so, overpopulation is 
the cause for like everything evil that gets produced right like, I, yeah, yeah it's just like we need to va- you know just yeah we go we go hard on the vaccination type <laughs> stuff we go we go hard on stuff like that but it's always hey it's overpopulation or q bill um, gates for us yeah yeah we do this I'll just, uh, you know, benevolently use all my money to vaccinate everyone and make sure that everyone lives through this pandemic. But, you know, overpopulation is a concern. What the fuck are you talking about, dude? Yeah, bro. Those are contradictory things. (laughs) You you could could literally, like, just cap your own wealth off and just spread it out to everybody and, yeah. and, and that's no, the I'm, I'm gonna give key. away all my wealth yeah. and, and actually grow it by double amount in like they three wouldn't years know what to it's, do with it's it. crazy yeah. To, yeah it's it's crazy how i give it all away and it's like three <laughs> times as much as it was two years ago it's fucking weird how that works dude. well that's the key to uh <laughs> to just like how they can retain their money right like how capitalism yeah. can keep itself going is they can use charity as a way to cover their own sins and like try oh, yeah. to you know make themselves feel better while also masking the terrible externalities of what they're doing and what they're causing and that's like what this whole argument of like oh well there's so many people we need to feed all these people and we don't have enough money we don't have enough resources to do it there's not enough space to grow the food blah blah so we need to make these like crazy chickens that are like 15 times the uh-huh. size of can't a normal walk. chicken yeah, that can't, can't walk that i don't even want to eat after i look at it no. like that like most living things wouldn't even come close to to eat there's you know, a reason like, it's called kfc now and not kentucky fried chicken right yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. yeah. totally yeah. and it's like you know that yeah that's a big argument is that we need to do that to feed people but the issue is that that's positing once again the issue at the individual level when yep. really if we restructured our economy we would have enough fucking money and capital and resources to be able to produce locally grown agriculture and give people fucking jobs that pay that produce that food yep. because we'd be able to reinvest capital um, into our economies and into our local economies and into the community's well-being rather than just an individual's fucking pocket and also, they they cause the fucking problem. The people that are, oh, so, yeah. you, you know, like global warming is going to mean that we need drought tolerant seeds. It's like your style of agriculture caused the droughts. Like, you know, so you, <laughs> this is on you. It's so it's the same people, not the same people, but the same strain of person, the same mindset. Of, yeah, it's know. like a Faustian bargain almost. Yeah, it's, it's like exactly. they're just like, oh, we need to feed more people, so we need to make these. Uh, gmos and then they make these gmos that have these negative externalities or like they like we need to be able to produce food more productively so let's like make Mm -hmm. some type of thing to kill all weeds they spray all the plants down with weeds and then they realize oh this killed the plants so they say we need to make stronger plants they make stronger fucking plants stronger weeds come along then it keeps going it's a cycle that just literally keeps going and nature's always going to win that battle no matter what yeah that's like, me, that's like me gambling, actually. Like, where I'm, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, I lost in the NFL game. Is there any uh, uh, college volleyball going on tonight? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Division two NCAA. Yeah. We got any Korean baseball? Yeah, yeah. KBL. We were, yeah, that, was yeah. that was all yeah. we had. That was all we had. That was yeah. all God we had. Them. People forget the bat yeah. flip, the bat flip generation. <laughs> no, uh, that's, exa- that's exactly how it is. Never forget. Never forget. But they have people in the stands, by the way. They have people yeah. in the stands now. Fucking yeah. God damn it. Can we, just but, uh, talk, can we just do a quick COVID segment? I know we're not. Wait, live like, pandemic? Are you talking about yeah. the live pandemic? Yeah. No, can yes. we just do, yes. I want to talk about this, trade this market. fucking. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I, we, don't, we don't have to say this for more than like two minutes. But what's this shit about like Australia partying now? And they Yo, go off. I know you want it. to. What the fuck? Like, I don't get. 
are we eradicating this thing or is it like is it gone forever and like we're having 14 911s a day is what they're saying you know like, <laughs> and it's like, like I, this is such a fucking psyop i don't get can't be 14 like, 911s they, if we're not allowed in the same yeah. building together and all these australian fu- all these australian fucks on social media are like you fucking losers we got that we handle this shit Shut it's like up. it's like <laughs> okay you guys you're probably not testing. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know what's going on, but I know that it's not what it's. I've got you know, no clue know. about Australia. I don't give a fuck about Australia. It's, also, it doesn't done, exist. Dude, I've, done. Done. I've read conspiracy theories that Australia doesn't yes, exist. That's all true. Exist. Yeah, it's true. A, it was a prison colony that it's a British. Sunk. It's a British sign. Yeah, it's yeah, 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 it was a British prison colony. So it's literally the end yeah. of flat earth. It's the fucking. It's yeah. the fucking barrier. Yeah. Kyrie Irving barrier. was born in Australia and believes in. Yo, Kyrie Irving is fucking base. Can we? Can we just like agree on? that yeah, real quick check yeah the media yeah. is giving him so much hate right now about his like he was oh, like yeah i'm not talking to the media anymore like fuck y'all for like three years i'm not talking to y'all yeah and everyone's just losing it they're like he's off the deep end he's crazy what's wrong yeah. with this yeah. guy dude he's based to shit he's yeah. an intellectual my man Kyrie. huh he's all about the agriculture too and he's he he saves the nba from like lebron's extreme betaness lebron is, is bill gates he's the bill gates of the he's nba, the bill gates of the NBA. no he, he is he's such a bitch dude, he's, he's, such a bitch. he's cucked by china big yeah. time majorly and, and yeah no he's the big and and let's be real dude? warrior fan here warrior fan here yeah yeah i was never scared of lebron james i was terrified of kyrie irving terrified oh, yeah, dude. yeah yeah ter- the guy was a, a fucking assassin dude and yeah. uh, and uh but what was funny about that is like uh <laughs> is that like nobody no, like nobody wants to play with kyrie irving like nobody's like excited except for kevin ah, durant KD does yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but kevin no, also like let's be real kevin durant's like the biggest curmudgeon of all time too so it's like that's yeah. gonna be the coolest fucking thing of all time i'm sorry i derailed this think tank by the way no no no, 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 no i think we good. needed we needed a yeah, i do that a lot i i derailed the yeah. think tank of this podcast i'll take I'll, any I'll, opportunity to shit on lebron man oh how can you be like the the iconic basketball player of your era and be scared of what you're saying and like you know be not be like be cucked by china and your boss you know the nba <laughs> like, find how, out lebron is burning up co-ops somewhere of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah let me and yeah, then he's gonna come out with lebron with a capital o for organic fucking yeah. studio and say, fuck him it's the curlio yeah i want to ask you let's turn let's i want to turn this on you glenn a little bit because you because like i i was excited i didn't know correct opinion to have her was like a, a farmer bro um i just knew her shit poster <laughs> and oh, yeah. uh and i and i'm not like i'm not a like I'm pretty, I was very obsessed with this for a while, the, this, the agriculture thing. And I, I still am. And I want to get back into it once I get some land and stuff. But, um, but you Glenn have been like blowing me up being like, yo, we need to get this community gardens going. Like yes. we need to feed yeah. people. Like what, what's just Let's go. with you? So, I'm not saying you weren't into it, but I, it's just, no, I wasn't. I'm a grifter. Shocked, I'm a grifter you know? actually. <laughs> like, no, here's what the thing. Flip, no, I, yeah. I'm yeah. totally like, I, Without giving it too much information about my personal life, I have people very close to me who have always been into that. You know what I mean? You being one of them and 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 stuff like that. But uh, I just, the other day, I was just thinking about it. Or not, you know, a couple months ago, I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I don't, my, my whole thing is, and you guys are talking about systemic change and all that kind of stuff. But I, while this is happening, I don't view it as counterproductive to work around capitalism by yeah. buying up, like, oh yeah, community gardens in, in where I live, right? Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley is a city of sickos. I heard CRK on FedPost say he lives in the neoliberal capital of the world. Disagree. I do. Oh, and, New York and, City? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, no, he, close, no, so, yeah. okay, okay. He might live in neo, like he, he lives in the Radlib capital. Liberal capital. I live yeah, in yeah. shitlib capital yeah, yeah. of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, where, it's bad. where, yeah, it's, it's bad. terrible, dude. Like, and so, like technological shakers and movers. 
horrible. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's just big tech, just like soulless place, a place I, I grew up living and I loved it. And a lot of what I loved yeah. was like, there used to be like a lot more like agriculture and cool stuff that you would see. Like you don't, you, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we like literally have a shopping center called like the fucking prune yard. And it used to be a prune yard. Be, and now yeah. it's like Buca de Beppo. Dude, my dad and, was and, uh, my dad was driving like fucking Chevy Bel Airs through those cornfields and shit. Yeah, when it, when no, it, it, it was now it's ago. now it's literally just like fucking cold so, stone creamery. And so shit. what it's our crazy. city, uh, the city I live yeah. in, I was looking at like how do you start a community garden? And I'm thinking like this is gonna cost an arm and a fucking leg. It's literally 150 dollars a year to like buy the mm-hmm. plot. It's fucking nothing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, I don't know how it is in other cities. So I implore, you know, I. I suggest everybody like look if you're interested in this and my thing is is like i don't know if i am fucking dr green thumb i tried to grow some <laughs> goddamn fucking microgreens or whatever i was trying to we were trying to grow yeah. just some herbs didn't work i have a corner apartment in the sun so if you guys have any tips on that kind of tough word, word, but word. the uh nonetheless i want to buy like i just want to like get established community before i do it like with the yeah. people in these areas people that i see like they're struggling and stuff and be like look yeah, yeah. Do you like like you guys if i provide the stuff like, do you guys want to do it? And to me, that's a workaround in capitalism, but I don't think it's counterproductive in the way a lot of workarounds in capitalism are. No, you know? no, no, no. Fuck, yeah, fuck the leftists that, that are, like, yo, if, like, and it's especially with, you know, if I'm, if I'm, I'm, if I'm hitting crypto millions in the next five years, like, I, I'm, <laughs> I will, side, man. Yeah. yeah, like, I'm, you, please believe I'm, we're buying land and we're feeding people. Like, what else are you going to do with that money? Like, you know, exactly. buy boats and shit, you know, it's like, we have to, yeah, from the ground up, work with what you have. Uh, in the system that you're in while changing the system. And by doing that, you actually change the system, right? That's the crazy thing. Yeah, because I want people to copy you know? it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I don't yeah. want to have some monopoly on shit. I want people to be like, hey, that's fucking sick. Let me do exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, that, that's mm-hmm. tight. I have money. Let me buy three fucking plots for community guards. Oh, that guy likes yeah. it. Oh, he, you know, that, that's cool. And even if it is clout chasing, whatever, you're fucking feeding people, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I, that's the way I look at it. I don't view it as that, but some people could, there's this weird thing and uh it happens a lot like on the left is kind of like almost like a nihilism kind of black pill thing where yeah. they're like that guy is just okay let's see how many followers you get from that you know and it's like <laughs> look man we're trying to fucking like like i literally want to feed people i had my coworker go like i was telling him my plan and the coworker's like what do you get out of that like maybe some fucking <laughs> veggies how about that dude yeah, like yeah, i don't yeah, give yeah. a fuck about yeah. your intentions i just yeah, want yeah. to know what your actions are that's True. the whole thing liberals yeah. are way too fucking caught up in people's intentions right intentions yeah. don't mean shit what are you are centering black voices dude? are you fucking, <laughs> do you yeah, remember those gardens yeah, do you remember dude. those garden those little like snapshots yeah, from like i think it, i want to say it was a george floyd protest where you'd see like people that'd be like poc garden like you, did you <laughs> only dude yeah yeah, yeah. only like, native yeah, like come yeah, on dude, dude. i guarantee you a white guy made the or... sign a white guy made the sign first oh, of all for sure, dude. and yeah. and like yeah. a guy that sits on his own fucking nuts on the subway like just fucking beta yeah. male made that sign made that sign and I don't know, man. Spreading chair, dude. Yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we yeah, man spread over here, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't know. I I just I thought that was I just I don't care. Like just just yeah. we we got to make sure people can eat, man. And totally. I want to fight for housing. I want to fight for healthcare. I want to do all that kind of stuff. But I literally want to keep food in yeah. people yeah. first. I want to do all of it. You know, you gotta you yeah. gotta do. You have to make sure that you keep a macro picture of the goal that you want in the end, and that you make your theory. A change to that right you can be doing whatever you want to on an individual level at any given time but you need to keep in mind that we also have a broader struggle right and so when you're doing that it's not counterproductive at all if you're going to go around and you're going to buy up plots to common for people in your fucking community so they can grow food on this plot that was just sitting there vacant so they can then have 
not only fresh food that they may not have access to before, but also a fucking means for entering the economic sphere on their own terms, a way to be able to trade and sell food on their own terms, take control of their own economy a little bit. It, yeah. Even if it isn't their entire livelihood, obviously, it's something small. And that in itself is revolutionary in itself. It's a small step. It's yeah. counter, uh, you know, it's counter to the mainstream of things. And what we need to be able to do is do that type of stuff. We need to be able to have people that have the means to need to be able to buy land, start co-ops, fucking like yeah. grow food, build community and build proper communities, right? They need to start co-ops that are worker owned from the ground up and be able to actually have a communal experience. They need to bring people back to the fucking farm. They need to bring, maybe not the farm, but just to the community, the table, the gathering place, whatever it is to build those, to build those connections, to get people involved. You need to increase in streams of engagement and within your community to get people the most amount of opportunities to get involved in something whether it's food production whether it's just entertainment whether it's just gathering to eat food no matter fucking what it is what maybe it's building a greenhouse maybe it's building a small house for some people maybe it's building a bus station or fixing a pothole whatever the fuck it is this is like a this is something that's kind of like a mutual aid kind of idea in a way but what it is is that it needs to be thought of as not the main goal is mutual aid or the solution is mutual aid, but that's just a tiny key to the puzzle. Yeah, and, and AOC shouldn't be doing the mutual aid. It's us that no. does that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go fucking yeah. get shit for us, you prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Politicians yeah. need to be doing the fucking yeah. politicians thing. We can't lose sight of the politics. We like that's yeah. a big problem with all this mutual aid talk, especially coming from these goddamn politicians. It's like yeah. they want you to depoliticize. They want you to unplug, and they want you to just. Stop focusing on making any type of real big systemic change and just try to look at changing at home and rely on your NGOs and support your NGOs. And let's carve out a bigger space in the market for private or non, uh, non-governmental organizations and non-profit organizations oh. to fucking thrive, right? And they can solve yeah. all our problems. No, because those people are fucking sickos. And that's no, what so a lot bad. of our issues yeah. are driven by is that people – who are these people who are not from the communities that they're even in, right? I experience this yeah. daily with, with dealing with urban agriculture and going around to different urban agriculture farms and doing food access and securing food and stuff is that you find that people are running these farms that don't live in the community, right? These yeah. organizations don't actually, are not based within the city blocks surrounding it or even the mile radius or two surrounding the farms. They're driving in from other places. These are generally college educated fucking people uh, that are generally well off bourgeois, you know, bougie people. And so yeah. they come in and they start trying to tell people, this is what you need to do. This will be how we need to do it. We need to do this and that model. and that. Yeah. 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 My business model, my plan, my this yeah. implement that people don't want to fucking hear that in the first place. And also you're not going to be able to solve your problems no matter how well intentioned you are because your actions aren't going to be the correct actions. You're not, based materially in the situation under circumstances you don't have a shared material goal with them exactly because you're not sharing the same space and the same circumstances so if you insect and just kind of interject yourself into that and try to change things without taking the time to get into that community and get to know the people and bring the people from that community in to get involved to hear their voices and give them positions of leadership within your organization in that area you're not going to be able to yeah. do the work that needs to be fucking done. And you're going to end up hampering the work that needs to be done. Yeah. 
No, yeah, and, and, and th- th- those are like the people that those those people you're talking about the college educators. Those people that like walk around with like the laptop where they hold it like a pizza pan around. <laughs> and like, Raul, uh, let's talk about the KPI. Uh, uh, your your uh, you know, w- w- I think there are about three families that are starving now because you're uh, look. I don't know what you're going through. Da-da. It's like yeah. that, that fucking shit takes the soul out of everything, man. Oh yeah, like, it, it's yeah. so bad and. Um, what, I, what I'm scared of more than anything um, is we already know, like, look, if you listen to either of our podcasts, right, like, you know what's fucked up about COVID, the lockdowns and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. This is something that's, like, really not talked about is, like, we are going to lose our sense of community because oh my, God. In my own apartment complex, people are just fucking terrified of each other. Yeah. Dude. And you're like, yeah. dude, uh-huh. we, I, I could cough into your house if I wanted to. Like, yeah. it's, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's so weird that we lose a sense of community. And I'm scared of that, right? I'm scared of, like, of, of just not even if we don't start this now i'm scared that it's going to drift off into like such isolation you know mm-hmm. bug man pod eat, sitting in the eating the fucking bugs yeah. in the pod no that's the worst part of all of it it yeah. was just like we were all capitalism is inherently alienating especially neoliberal capitalism which focuses on individuality and your individual fucking experience and flourishing your own individual self and sponsored by all of this nonsense yeah exactly yeah. like that is inherently alienating it's isolating and we have been slowly moving towards work from home online education um you know gig economy shit where you don't work in socialized settings anymore right like where you're no longer a member of a company where you have co-workers you can commiserate with instead you're a private contractor and you drive for uber right like you're not you have no sense of solidarity and you do maybe have sense of solidarity through other uber drivers but you have no way to dialogue on that right and so covid is just a huge and horrible fucking push like we were standing on the cliff we were already like wading through the murkiness that is like alienation in the neoliberal capitalism age right and then all of a sudden covid came along and it was just like bag over the fucking head we're driving you 50 miles down the road towards further isolation right and now we're not going to even be able to get back from it kids now uh, this oh, generation man. who has spent an entire year, maybe more now, online learning, uh, socializing with people through a screen, not having the types of relationships where they learn to share, where they learn to overcome people's differences, to work together towards a common goal, not being able to participate in group uh, activities such as projects, uh, art projects, or fucking sports or anything, to learn how to work together um, and how to humanize the other. Um, people also are going to, especially kids, aren't going to be able to have a good understanding of the line and separation between parasocial relations and real fucking everyday real life relationships and friends. They're going to see their Mm -hmm. friend on the computer screen. They're going to see their teacher on the computer screen. And they're going to see Khloe Kardashian on the computer screen. And they're not going to know who's their friend and who's not and what's the difference there. And that might be a little crazy to say or whatever. Like maybe that's an extreme, right? So take it a step back, right? Now we're going to have people who are going to be less, uh, more reluctant to go out. People who were already homebodies, already isolated, um, are going to find more reasons now to stay home. I mean, we've already been forced to stay home for a fucking year almost, right? In most places, depending where you live. And so if you're someone who already struggles with like, you know, any type of like socialization issues or whatever, you now have lost a year of fucking practice or socialization, you know, to be able to keep that up. So you're going to be entering, people are going to be coming back out of this 
so fucking weird, man. Like, Yo, we're dude. gonna have people that don't know how to interact with people. It's gonna be so weird. Caveman uh-huh. shit, dude. Yeah, yeah. shit. Really, like, really, yeah. just like grunting and shit. Like, just uh, uh, uh. Like, so that's yeah. that's what I'm scared of. That's and it's a vicious, of. it's a vicious circle too. And that that, like you said, we're all online, we're all on the phone, social media, all that stuff. Obviously, we're us three are different, but uh, yeah, we're different. <laughs> we're on Zoom. We're different. Yeah, yeah. No, we're no, we're but, talking on Zoom right now. That's different. Yeah. yeah. No. Well, what I'm saying is like we're different in the like for the for the normies, for the vast majority of people, they are feeling alienated and they might have beliefs. Let's let's say about COVID lockdowns or whatever, but they don't want to rock the boat because they know it's just a screen share away. Yeah, hundred percent. Or there, you know. So so it's everyone's going along. And then once you get out in the real, even during the pandemic, once you get out in the real world and and you're just mobbing around and you realize, okay, that like the homeless people aren't dead in the streets, not from COVID at least. You know, maybe like starvation. It's you know, sure. it's just from not, the cold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like things just aren't happening the way like the media and this this kind of driven uh narrative is pushed to us you know the more you step out into that and that's why the farming thing is so important right in the community gardens because like that's nothing i i went through a serious depression when i was way younger and what definitely was probably the most therapeutic for me was literally just getting a fucking farming job right where i was just working my hands on the earth and i could feel like my soul coming back into my body and i was like i was so shell-shocked before and i was like oh man this is the real deal you know and i'm not saying that that's everyone's path all the time for forever but it's that's like some real shit you know and i think, I think that's, that's what i need the, right now i think that's what, yeah, why dude. i've been fucking feeling the way i'm feeling dude it's yeah. fucked up yeah dude, i mean that yeah. i went through that at the beginning of covid right i mm-hmm. i've always been like i went to school uh for a couple of years uh college down in alabama um and i studied uh sustainability natural resources management um mm-hmm. i always grew a garden and shit in my backyard i was always into like permaculture and that type of stuff but I was never able to make money from it, obviously. So I worked for a long time, uh, just like a different fast food gigs. I worked at a fucking couple of hotels, spa, whatever. Um, when COVID came along, I was laid off from my job I was working at. Uh, and I was just like, went through a pretty big paradigm shift where like, I had always been like, yeah, I want to get some land. I want to do like a little co-op thing. You know, I want to do a permaculture sustainability thing, give my friends a place to work on their passions that type of thing, build community. Um, but I was always kind of pushing it off. Like, you know, I'll be able to save money and I'll be able to kind of just like buy something and do it on my own terms. Well, COVID kind of forced me to take a look at the way that I was living, uh, the way that people around me were living and kind of come to grips with like the fact that my job, uh, you know, just sitting, looking at a computer screen, booking appointments or talking to people on the phone didn't seem natural didn't seem healthy. Uh, it wasn't productive for me in any way. I wasn't making anything, no. right? Like I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was really having a productive role in my community. Um, and that was all just like bubbling below the surface, right? And that leads to alienation. And a lot of that is like alienation from from our labor. Like, you know, you labor all the time working in a service industry or whatever, and you're not ever able to see your fucking product. You're never able to right. interface with the actual thing that you're putting your fucking time and energy into, right? Um, and so I started kind of reprioritizing and really, really, really started focusing on community. Um, like I had a big thing with my family where like I went back and did like a thing to figure out all my ancestral roots and shit because I was like, 
yeah, I'm family pilled right now. Like I'm going to like try to build community and shit and delve back into that. Cause yeah. we fucking need that right now. Right. I was like jobless. I it's, was like living here in a new city. I just moved to, and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to assimilate to the city, like under normal circumstances and play gigs and shit. And yet here we are COVID. Um, so what am yeah. I going to do? So I just started thinking and I started taking walks every morning and I just walked by a fucking community farm one day and I was like you know what I want to see what they're up to just walked up and started talking to them started working there um was able to keep some produce started just doing some food access shit on my own um and then was able to network with other uh farmers and other urban agriculture stuff in the area um and be able to kind of come into a food access position of sorts um just kind of directing uh doing farm work and also directing food access uh, that's so tight uh, doing kind of like sliding scale, pay what you can markets, uh, cooking fresh meals for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a pretty poor area, so there's a lot of homeless population around. Right. So we did a lot of like cooking excess food uh, for the homeless population um, that lived right there in the area. Um, and it, it really just opened my eyes to the power of food. Yes. The power of the community building power of food. Like if, even if you look at it on just a very, very basic level, take away food production and look at just consumption. If you sit down and you have a meal, you're incorporating all five senses. So if you sit down and you have a meal with somebody, you're tasting food, you're feeling the food, you're smelling it, you're tasting it. Sorry, you're looking at the food, you're looking at the people. You, yeah. You're forming connections and bonds and associations on so many levels. Yeah. If you can share a meal with just a fucking person mm-hmm. on so many levels subconsciously that you wouldn't even think about because you can associate yeah. a flavor, a taste, a feel, a smell with that person that you may have never met before that you now just met for the first time. Yeah. And just looking at it at that level, the power of food to bring people together and build strong connections between just individuals is so strong in itself. And then when you start looking into it on a fractal level and you start looking at how, like, like we were talking about before, how coming together to work, to cook a meal um, or to grow food for food production or any of that is almost a perfect model for solidarity because you're coming together, acting on your own self-interest. You want a good fucking meal. You want something that tastes good for your nourishment. You're meeting people at their lowest common denominator the lowest common thing you have in common. You may not be the same color, same height, same gender, same sexual orientation, whatever it is. You both need to fucking eat and you both need healthy food. You both need shit that's grown that has vitamins and nutrients in it. That's grown healthily. And so when you're able to meet people like that, it humanizes the other, right? You're, you're there together and you find that even though you're working for your own selfish needs you need a meal and you want to make a good meal when you come together and make a meal and cook with others and you share a meal you're all working towards a common aim you're all working individually for your own individual needs and your own individual interests but they all align for a common aim which is to have a good fucking meal together right so even at that very basic level of cooking food it's a great model for solidarity if you can look at that and the connections that are made around the food look further into production and you can see at all levels food mimics and reinforces communal bonds from microbial levels in the soil to 
the level of the plants and animals and the worms working all together to decompose matter into soil that then plants can eat. All these interconnected, all these connections, everything's working together. And then you look and you eat the food. You all had to cook it. Someone had to grow it. Someone had to raise it. Mm -hmm. Someone had to cut it up and put it on your plate. Adds a human element to everything. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a human labor. It's a labor of love in that instance. And you're just meeting someone's basic needs. It's a very powerful thing. And then that mimics even within your own fucking body, the bacteria within your gut and within your body that's breaking down that food that give your proteins the right, um, you know, that are able to process food, the bacteria in your mouth that processes food down to the size for your fucking stomach to be able to eat it. It all mimics each other from the bottom all the way up. Um, And so when you look at that, you can see that it's a tried and true method for building community, not only at a local or cultural level, but naturally uh, throughout all ecosystems and all communities. And when you're face to face with that, when you can't hide from it in a fucking whole food store or some fake co-op or anything, but when you're actually growing food with people, when you're cooking it with people, it's hard to be depressed. It's hard to be alienated. It's hard to, you know, it's like you have to try, you have to really, you know, and it's just great. I was just thinking of all the therapy we go through and all the crazy, you know, just the, yeah, yeah. During all this COVID time, do you ever do like your YouTube search and like every third row, it's like, hey, you got free YouTube therapy for you. You know, like YouTube's like shilling you <laughs> yeah, therapy. Sick like, oh my God. Just, dude. How about we just like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So it's anyway, like, go outside, guess, get some fucking yeah, sun in yeah. you. Like, make a fucking real product, have oh, yeah. a role that's valuable yeah. in your community that feels like you're being productive and helping yourself and others. Like, mm-hmm. these are the real keys to this alienation that causes all these, you know, ex- all these like, mental health disorders that are like minor depressions and stuff. A lot of it comes from unfulfilling lifestyles spurred on by fucking capitalism. Right. And like therapy ends up being just a giant cope or a way to like revert that attention. It's like, Oh, you're like isolated and stuff. Oh, you just have social anxiety here. Take some Xanax and like, forget about it actually. And then like, you can be like a different version of yourself when you go out. And it's like, no, 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 no these are valid fucking concerns that's making this person feel this way. Yeah. And it's going to continue to replicate and cause this. So we need to address yeah. those concerns. Yeah. It's like, I'll take the Xanax. Thank you very much. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, also, yeah. No, excuse Do you have any yeah. psilocybin? But no, the, uh, yeah. what, what, what yeah. I found interesting and to tie it back to what you were saying at the beginning, uh, it, it's, if you look at it from like a Marxist lens and I'll, I'll admit, I'm not the most well-versed in theory, but the, um, if you look at it from like a Marxist lens, it is cool to like, I mean, the whole idea of like Marxism and, and, and just what I like the most is basically whoever's closest to the product, right? The closest of, of producing the actual product, right? Tet is supposed to be the one that owns it and supposed to mm-hmm. be the one that, that, you know, profits from it or whatever. Right. So what the, uh, like, I think that's good, right? I think that's a good way to, like, introduce people into just that mentality, right? Is totally. to just make your own food, right? Like, make your own food, cook it. Like, right now, I, I guarantee you, there are some people during, like, lockdowns who have, like, taken up cooking. I think that's really cool. Totally. You know I mean, I think that's, like a, like, a really good, like, step. And I think that helps a lot of people with social anxiety. But there's a lot of people who are just, like, fucking s- smashing that Uber Eats. Like, oh, $5 credit? <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm doing that. And, and it's like, there's no way you're happy. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, there's yeah. no way you're happy and there's no way you're not consuming ethically. You're actually like doing the worst form of food consumption is ordering from like Uber Eats and DoorDash and shit like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're fuck. Somebody's like, you're stealing no from the restaurant and the workers and the delivery <laughs> yeah, driver. No, like, literally, it, it, it cuts, it. it cuts all those pools yeah. down. Yeah. And so not to mention that it's like literally just yeah. the least natural lifestyle of all time. Like, exactly. Like, you're sitting inside looking at a fucking screen all day inside, not getting light, not getting natural air and fucking right. natural shit yeah. that's in the air and in the soil and then you're pressing a button on your phone to order some fucking pr- like mass-produced food it's never um, healthy and it's you never know, healthy you, no, no one order no one orders healthy food on absolutely not and then people that. wonder why they yeah. feel like shit and why they're depressed and stuff and then they don't mm-hmm. consider the fact of what they're putting in their stomach and what they're eating and how they're yeah. fucking living and it's like and then they're arguing with people who have podcasts like the Fed Post telling them that they're <laughs> fucking, you know yeah. what I mean? Like telling them that they're problematic and stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's why people come at you guys crazy because they're door dashing too much. That's just yeah. my theory. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, nonetheless. It's uh, a little I, too deep, that one. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will say because I, I know yeah. uh, I know, Sai's got some obligations and I, I think we're at a good time here. So um, that, I was really, really glad you were able to join us for this, man. Totally. Really that good. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's good. This is exactly, you know, I, I think it's, think that we even uh, as a podcast we kind of get trapped into our own kind of subject matter and and you know we oh, yeah. didn't do it a lot we talk a lot about COVID, a lot of kind of stuff like that i try to be sure. a little constructive though you know what i mean i try to mm-hmm. try to be a little constructive try to um at least you know for people that don't know what the fuck to do right now mm-hmm. like or just just something this is just a, a small step you can take you know oh, a yeah. small step you can do mm-hmm. so that's good I'm, I'm glad you were able to join us for it um yeah absolutely yeah it was great won't be, the, won't be the last yeah likewise it won't be the last no no yeah. and then uh, we can make it yeah. somewhat of a recurring thing where you know just a, down the road get back into what we're doing here you know i yeah. i definitely like i and i'm doing this for myself saying this on audio so i actually follow up on it on as far as community <laughs> gardens you know what i mean like because i'm totally. like like we don't have a huge listener base, but there might be somebody to be like, Hey Glenn, you fucking prick. Like, why don't you buy, you know, what's up with those gardens, dude? You know what I mean? What's up with that? So if I was just telling myself to do it, I might not, but, uh, Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say some accountability now. Straight up. Yeah. Totally. Got yeah, that's good. Like my accountability yeah. buddies over here, man. And, yeah, if we uh, come back to it in the future, I'll probably have a little bit better formulated thoughts on it as well. I don't think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the, that shit that you just said, like oh, you're to go fired. I, I was like, there was like weird. I, I kind of astral planed a little bit. It was really cool. <laughs> oh yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. Likewise, no, I, no, I, no, I was, no joke. That was yeah. good. Um, so watch Glenn's just gonna go full. He's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna get into community gardens and just like straight up weed kingpin three years in. Integrity farms and shit. Feeding people. Yeah, straight up tag. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, honestly, sure. Randy Marsh has been my I, I, idol for a long idol, time. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah Feed people and get them high, baby. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I want to do. So, yeah. um, yeah. COH, I don't know what the hell your Twitter handle is now. I'm still used to the old Adam Driver hotel picture. So, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm still, I'm not going to lie. It throws me off a bit when I see the uh, uh, It's Always Sunny kind of remake of the. Yeah, Adam well, I'm trying to keep it, uh, keep it low key a little bit because I don't want yeah. So, yeah, you don't have to say it. Yeah, that's time. fine. We, yeah, you don't. Have to all you need to know is that you are indeed a haver of correct opinion yes it's yeah. still correct so yeah. um yeah, yeah. Uh, again follow at the fed post uh, all right how about we just go. say that yeah you'll and, see uh, my shit on there you'll see you'll see the yeah. shit on there and um uh listen to the fed post and if you're joining because you listen to the fed post i appreciate you guys because uh um that's definitely uh it's definitely good to get a few new listeners from that so uh appreciate that and uh yeah, thanks for coming by, man. Uh, you got anything you want to say before we go? Uh, no, nah, that was really great, you guys. Uh, I just nah, had a blast. No worries, man. No worries. All right. Well, uh, uh, he's at CryptoSci. I am 
at Glenn Rockney. This is at Rare Candy Pod One. COH, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. And uh, yeah, that's it for us. Cheers. All right.